Hi, this is Angelina Asante. Welcome to another episode of The Healthy Hypochondriac. With me today is a friend I've known for a long time, actually board member. We were board members together on a big writing group here in Florida, but he is a multiple award-winning author. He writes children's books. He writes a lot of nonfiction. Richard Ballow. Hi, Richard. Hey, Angelina. How are you? Good. I'm so glad to see you. That's the hardest thing about stepping off of a board is not being around the fun people that you get to see every month. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's fun. We get to know each other. Then suddenly they're gone. Yeah, they're gone. And you, you realize like on Facebook, you always see you're a funny guy. You always post funny stuff on Facebook, but I, I do miss the people on the board because it was a really fun group of people. Yeah. And that's changing with new board members. The old board members are leaving new ones are coming on and just getting things done. So now, Richard, you are also from Massachusetts, like myself. Right. And, and we're not freezing right now. I'm sitting here with my Red Sox hat on, and we were kind of laughing in the pre-interview because it's really cold in Florida. It's only in the 30s today, and we moved away from this. What's going on? Well, at least it's not snow. Yeah, that's true. Thank God it's not snow. So I have not seen you for a while, and I didn't realize that you had written another book. And this is a really important book because it's about grief. And you've had, now we've talked a lot about cancer because you mm -hmm. lost your wife to cancer and right. you have written a couple, this is your second book about grief? Uh, yes, one book about grief, two journals about grief. So this would be the second book and the third one coming out this year. Well, I want to thank you for coming on because this is a topic that people really need. We need to talk about grief and we don't talk about it. It's almost like cancer in a way because there's a lot of stigma behind it. Like we're supposed to act like we're okay and we're healing and everything else. But for you, tell me about this new book. Tell me the name of the book and why you decided to write it in the manner, the question answer type that you chose to wrote it, write it in. Well, the book's title is called Grief, 50 Questions and Answers, because when I was going through my grief, I had a lot of questions about the process and what I was doing, and then I was analyzing what I was doing. And then I'm on a, a, a forum on the internet, and people were asking the same questions over and over again. I figured, well, let me answer these questions in a book form so that people can get the answers. And I go through 50 questions, it's all, all alphabetical by subject matter. So here's the book. Oh, I like the cover. That's interesting. So there's an onion being peeled back. Can you kind of talk about that? Right, because there are many different layers to grief. And the first year of grief is the hardest. But afterwards, there are still layers to the grief that we have to do as an individual. You know, I didn't think I was using pity to date. <laughs> Maybe I could have used it, but that was pointed out to me. So I had to figure out, okay, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? How do I change it? And there are interesting issues that most people don't even think about. It's like, um, there are the typical ones. And as you can see by the table of contents, it's thing questions about, well, there's anger. Yeah, that's a natural one. But what about grief counseling? What happens to the loved one's possessions once they've passed. What happens to the bed that you were both sleeping in? Mm. What happens to people in the bed anyways, is that you move from your side to your spouse's side. So you don't have to look and see that that side is empty. I mean, it's very strange, but that's one of the things that worked out. 
So the book is to answer those questions and try to give people a better understanding about how complex grief can be. Now, let me ask you a question, because I know like with my own can cancer journey, a lot of people go through the same exact things. Do you find that with people who are grieving too, you all kind of go through the same exact things and people don't talk about it? Yeah, basically the stages of grief. You know, not everybody goes through them in the exact order. Some people stay in them a lot longer or they just skip over them. Like the anger, the depression, the sadness, you know, the despair. And um, I'm just trying to think of the questions from Kubler-Ross. I know it's in the book, but I can't recall it offhand. But a lot of people go through those stages. Now, you do know. you think do you think that there's a time where you say to yourself, you know what? I feel like I need some counseling or therapy because I feel like I should be beyond this point right now. Do you feel like there's a, like a red flag where people should maybe seek out counseling or support? Yep. I think there's a point where you, if there's an issue that you can't get away from and you keep going around that issue and coming back to it, I think that's the point where somebody should seek out some more counseling to get beyond that point. And I actually point that out in my next book or circling okay. back. So now, okay. So you have a book coming out called Okay, circling back, can you kind of talk about that? Does that kind of leave off or is that something totally different from this book? Actually, it's a wind-up of grief books. It's called The 360 Degrees of Grief. It's when you're living a normal life, suddenly you have that traumatic event. How do you get back? You circle back to who you were. And there's some issues people keep going around and around and around on. And that's why I think that they're stuck. And that's the point where they really need to seek some professional help so they can get beyond that issue that's keeping them stuck. Now, I just want to point out, I know your wife, your wife is lovely and she's really, really funny. And she's sure. really supportive of you helping other people in the loss of your former wife. So can you kind of speak about how having Terry has really helped you in this process? Yes, yeah, she actually keeps me motivated to write the books and to finish them up because it's hard for her to see me dealing with grief when I'm writing the books, because I still have to go into my own grief to write. Right. So she's like, come on, get over it, finish the books, move on to the humorous stuff, and we'll get there. But she is supportive of me writing the books. She's supportive of me going out and speaking about the books and talking to people about them. Now, how did your children deal with it? And did you address anything from a child's perspective and the loss of a parent? Uh, I do talk about the kids in some respect because they're grieving also because they had a major loss too. And one of the examples that I use is probably six months after my wife died, we went to the airport and my kids were, you know, six and seven years old at the time. And I struck up with a conversation with this woman next to me about you know, since the plane from Boston and these people getting off. And so we talked a little bit. And then my son tugged at my sleeve and said, Dad, is she going to be our new mother? Oh. It's like, oh, geez. So I try to do two because they had a loss. They had to feel normal again and connect with kids their own age who also had a loss. So, they, hey, I'm not the only one. 
Now, if you have some advice for people, maybe someone who just experienced a loss or we're, we're seeing a lot of unexpected loss, do you kind of have advice for people going through that? Well, I think I'd be the advice is that, you know, grief is hard work and sometimes you do need help. I found that, you know, therapy was good, either group or individual and getting outside of myself too. Cause if I do more for other people, I'm not thinking so much about my own grief and basically have your family around to help have somebody you can sit with, even if you don't talk just to sit there and feel that human connection. Cause it can be so isolating. Now you and I love humor. You're a really funny guy now. And I, I wrote my cancer book and obviously it was a funny, it was a humorous book about cancer. Cause I like to laugh at stuff. But I have to ask you, I had a dear friend whose child passed away and people would come up to her and say, I know what you're going through. My dog just died. Can you kind of, <laughs> and she's like, what the hell is wrong with people? It's not the same. It's no, not, it's the, not same. the same. So yeah. can you kind of tell us, was there anything like really stupid or funny that kind of stuck out? Because people say the stupidest things. I know they said it to me when I had cancer. Oh, they do. It's like, it was probably like, two weeks after my wife died. So I'm really in the throes of grief and can't even think about how to walk anymore. And somebody, oh, you'll find somebody else. Oh my God. <laughs> I haven't even processed this loss. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. Like, I just think, God, forgive me if I've ever said anything so stupid. I hope I've never said anything so stupid to people. Like, I can't even imagine something like that coming out of my mouth. Oh yeah. It's like, I know what you're going through. <laughs> Oh, you never lost anybody. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. It's so terrible. I don't, what, what is that about humans that we just sometimes just miss the mark on that? I don't know. Well, we just want to be able to console them somehow, but sometimes what we say is not the right thing. I even write about that too. They don't realize they're being hurtful, but they want to be helpful, but they still are. They're still being hurtful. Yeah. That's, oh my gosh. Yeah. We can laugh at it now, but back then it's like, what do you say? Yeah. Like I remember when I was going through cancer and I did put up my cancer book, someone saying, can I have your jewelry? If you, if you die, <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah. That's on my mind right now. I'll make sure I make a note of that right now on my chemo napkin. Exactly. <laughs> so now where are you plugging this book? This this book is available on Amazon, but it's also at Barnes and Noble and everywhere else. Right. Yeah, and directly from the publisher, Toman Main Press. It's from them. You can get it on my website, which is richardballow.com or tomanmainpress.com. It's there. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Nobody's around. Oh. Yeah, I really don't like Amazon. Oh. They really, they really screw authors and publishers. Yes, hard. So, so I try to sell direct as possible, but, you know, to really get noticed, you have to go through them. Right. Now, let me ask you a question now that we're on that note, because a lot of people don't realize, I mean, you know, look at their employees. It's not just the authors like it's Amazon really affects everyone that they yeah. deal with. But um, I've noticed my books are like seven or eight hundred dollars on Amazon. Have you seen that from third party sellers? And I've had people contact me and say, why would you? list your, but I'm like, I have, I have no control over that. I set the book price at 1299 and then I go on there and I'm like, what are they doing with $800? Who is buying they, my book for $800? I know they go to third-party sellers over the publishers. 
it's really weird. I don't understand what's going on there. That something does not seem right there. Yeah. Get an autographed copy of the book for like a thousand dollars. Yeah. Un Unautographed copy for a dollar ninety-nine. Well, and and the other thing is you can always go to one of our book signings and you know pay the pay retail price with an autograph. So it's very it's very odd to me. And I've seen on eBay too. My brother-in-law was looking on eBay. He goes, Your books are going for seven or eight hundred dollars on eBay. I was like, Really? I I, I don't uh, he it's it doesn't make any sense and I don't understand it. So yeah, and you know what, Amazon, I actually contacted them and you know what they said? They said we have no control over our third party so, really? Amazon, you don't have any control? They're controlling the world. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. People don't realize though, if you if you can go to Rich's publisher, that's really the best way. And yeah, if you can get it off his website, it really is the best way for authors because Authors don't make a lot of money as it is. I know people always think we're like swimming in pools of cash and that's sure. just not the reality of it's hard being an author. So yeah. speaking of hard being an author, are you doing any book signings coming up? Actually, I'm going to, um, I'm going to a lot of book fairs. Actually, I'm an oh. author in school. I was chosen by the Amelia Island Book Festival and one of my children's book, I'll be, they, they bought 500 books. That's a big deal for people don't realize that group of Amelia Island, the book fest, that's they're very particular. So that's an honor. Congratulations. Thank you. It's the second year I've been doing it. Wow. But they canceled the gala for the Friday night. Oh, and, and the book expo on Saturday. They're only having the author in school because of the COVID protocols. Oh, wow. But uh, the Venice book festival is coming up and I've done Last year it was the um, Westshire Plaza. It's a book festival in a mall. And even a Christmas festival. There was a festival, the Grinch Fest in uh, Mount Dora, Florida, which was very good for me. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So it's a lot of things going around the state. You know, Tampa, Mount Dora, nothing here in Naples. But, but if they want an autograph copy, they can go to your publisher's website and we'll have that in the show notes. And you right. can sign it and send it off. Yep, they just have to um, check. I think there's a place where you can request an autographed copy. Okay, if perfect. Not, I'll just send it out. But I, I do want to thank you because grief is something really difficult. And like me with my cancer book, I know that you looked for books and you could not find one to help you. And sometimes those are the books that we have to write as authors because right. you, you needed something specific and now you're helping other people. And I appreciate that about you because you. grief is something that affects every single one of us. Now, let me ask you a question. You are talking about the loss of a spouse, but this book, actually probably all your books will help me no matter who I lose. Correct. It could be anybody because grief is grief as we go, as we lose somebody. So you're gonna, probably going to have some questions that may be different from losing a spouse. But I think I answer those questions in the book. Because there's just so many, like I said, there are 50 questions. And uh, let's see, I do even blended families because now I'm in a blended families. What is a grief attack? How long do I have the strength to grieve? Some people don't think they're going to make it through it, but they're ours. How do you make it through the holidays? And how do I feel good on special days, even about visiting the past? So there is something for everybody within this book. 
Well, thank you, Richard, for being on. I appreciate you. I appreciate your friendship and everything you're doing to help other people going through where you've been. So good luck with this new book and please come back for your next book. I'm excited to talk to you about that. And congratulations with everything else going going okay. with you right now. And we'll have all of your information in the show notes for people. But right now, go ahead, get that book by Rich Ballow, and I will have show notes for you guys. This is Angelina Asante signing off. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Angelina. Bye. Bye. This is Angelina Asante, the healthy hypochondriac.